Welcome to the Wake Up Call podcast, a show to raise your consciousness, deprogram and replace limiting and destructive beliefs, reignite your life and ultimately wake the hell up to your true potential. I'm your host and guide, Shannon Riley, and now let's get into today's episode. Hello, podcast family. Happy, well, today it's Tuesday for me, so happy whatever day it is for you. But for this episode, I want to talk about how to uncover problematic unconscious beliefs. Because in reality, we have a lot of unconscious beliefs, like a ton of them. And most of them are a good thing because they keep us safe. Like the belief that red light means stop or they let us function like I have to go to work to make money to put food on the table type of belief and even make us human right like our autonomic nervous system I guess you could boil that down to a bodily belief system that runs our heartbeat our digestion our respiratory system our circulatory system all these different things without us consciously being aware of these things so it's hard to say that unconscious beliefs are necessarily a quote-unquote bad things but I would say that like probably 0.1% of them are problematic. And those ones, although a small percentage, are fucking our shit all the way up. And we just need to learn how to be aware of these things so that instead of being run by them, we can begin to run them. So honestly, to uncover all of your unconscious beliefs would just take forever and it wouldn't be super productive at all. You want to uncover those 0.1% problematic unconscious belief systems that are very likely to originate within childhood and are repressed within your memory, which means you say like, oh, you know, I just don't really remember. And when you get to the crux of it, when you uncover it and you dig into it, you find that they're usually invalid. But because they're unconscious, we never question them, which is usually how we begin to release them just by simply questioning their validity and being like, oh, shit, this isn't true. Unless it's like a really big capital T trauma, then that takes a little bit more work. But with our unconscious belief systems, usually simply by questioning them, we're like, "Ugh, this isn't real. So honestly, there's no way to start this process. It usually feels awkward and clumpy because you're poking the bear that is your unconscious mind, which certainly does not want you to mess around with it because it thinks that it's keeping you 100% safe. It's almost like that protective parent that withholds information to protect the innocence of the child. But that ends up making the child second guess him or her sensory input, meaning what they see or hear around them, and ends up making the child not trust him or herself at all, which will usually result in them living in a lack of confidence or with fear or anxiety or social anxiety or external validation or constantly second guessing and needing approval, all these different problems, right? But it came from that protective parent's intention to keep them safe. So this is kind of what our unconscious mind does to us too. So we just need to be aware that like, although it's holding it to keep us away from it and keep us from that instant pain, long term, it's not helpful to never look at these things. I hope that we can realize this. So this is probably going to be a really quick episode. I just have a couple of tips of how to dig into this. Like I said, it's going to feel awkward and clumpy. There's never the right time to do this. And you're kind of like, I don't know how to do this at all. And you could sit and meditate on it. You could journal about it. You could talk to somebody about it who like actually has an ounce of emotional intelligence. Like don't go talk to someone who is super negative and like doesn't understand 
any of this shit, anything about mindset or unconscious mind or consciousness, any like obviously, you know, here's the example. Don't ask someone how to run a marathon if they hate running. <laughs> like don't go talk to somebody who thinks that this is a bunch of bullshit, right? That's automatically going to shut you down. So just a couple tips to dig into this. First one is to look at an emotion you've been dealing with a lot lately or forever. And I want you to to just begin to ask questions because like I said, the way to release these things starts by asking questions. We've said this on the pod before, but to improve the quality of your life, improve the quality of your questions. So looking at an emotion you've been dealing with a lot lately. So when's your first memory of that emotion? What did that situation teach you? Meaning what associations did it leave you with? Associations means if this, then this. It kind of means like, this equals that type of idea, or this results in this. And when you look at these things, are they necessarily true? So those are going to be your couple lists of questions. And then I have an example for each of the tips that I'm going to give you here. So within this one, I asked on my social media the other day, what are you most worried about within the holidays? And the overwhelming answer was spending too much money. So I want you to, again, that is almost like an emotion of scarcity, an emotion of worry, an emotion, maybe a frustration or concern, whatever that emotion may be around worrying about too much money or spending too much money throughout the holidays. Okay, so when's the first time you worried about spending money? Where did you learn to worry about money? Where did worrying about money or what did worrying about money mean to you in your mind's original context? Meaning that associations, like when you first saw someone or someone told you to worry about money, what did it result in? What association did it give you? And what is the belief around this now? So an example to give a concrete story around this. So to help you visualize it, maybe you witnessed your dad yell at your mom to stop spending so much money as a child. And you internalize that as spending equals losing love and acceptance from dad, which now manifests definitely into being very frugal with your money. It could also even extend into being frugal with your relationships and maybe even your sexuality. You never really know where this can end up because it's that association. It's kind of like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And if we never focus in on and ask questions to get to A, we find ourselves at freaking Q and we're like, holy shit, how did I get here? And how do I, I don't even understand this. And then you have a lot of steps to backtrack instead of hopefully earlier on in life, you can take the time to sit down and track back to A from D instead of Q, if that makes sense. So really just looking into, especially with money, money is so interesting because money is so abstract and it literally isn't even a piece of green paper anymore. Like, I don't know about you. I don't have cash ever. Like I lose it. I spend it. If I have it, it feels like free money. Money to us now is literally just digits on our phone. Like that's it. And it's so interesting that there are so many emotions tied around it because we think that money equals scare or money equals security or money equals love or money equals acceptance or money equals worth, right? And self-worth going past that. So digging into like, what does money mean to you? When was the first time you worried about spending money? Why are you actually worried? Like, do you worry that you can't control yourself and you can't stop? Or do you worry that like, 
people aren't going to return what you're like giving them. Like, for example, maybe you get everybody at work a holiday present and you're like, are they going to get me anything? Then this is a big old wet waste. And it's like, well, is it a waste? Isn't the point to give it to them and extend that joy to them and give a gift? Or why are you spending this money in the first place? Like literally just dig question or dig into it with questions. And honestly, you guys, this is the power of coaching. All I do as a coach is I don't really give that much advice. Like that's not my job. My job is to sit back, actively listen, repeat and mirror what you tell me, and then ask you a question about, okay, what does that mean to you? What are, what have you associated that with emotionally? What's your definition of that in your mind? So that question that I asked of what did worrying about money mean in your mind's original context, that is literally asking like, when you first learned to worry about money, what was the context? And that story about witnessing your dad yell at your mom, that's the context. And that resulted in you meaning or associating spending money to losing love. And losing love is a primal wound. Like we do not want that. We are always rooted in being a social tribal human being. That is a part of who we are down to our DNA. And going past that, we are the most dependent organism on our parents ever (laughs) like other organisms out there like mammals they we do not do this but we do as human beings so not only are we social and we're driven to be social which means connection between people but also we know that we internally depend on our parents and that is also ingrained into our dna so really just digging into these things and looking at it from that mindful perspective, which means airplane view, back up, get in the airplane and look at this from a bird's eye view and be like, okay, what am I actually working with? And then that way you'll find your ingredients. And so then you know what you can make, you know, oh, I have the ingredients to bake a cake or I have the ingredients to make a ribeye steak for dinner. Like what are you making for dinner? So anyway, I don't know how I got on that rant, but that is the first tip to dig in. Look at an emotion you've been dealing a lot with lately, like spending a lot of time worrying about, you know, you could be worrying about spending money through the holidays. You could be worrying about COVID. You could be worrying about politics. You could be worrying about your relationship. You could be worrying about your job, like just worry and to dig into that type of idea. Next is to think of a certain situation, you know, bothers you or a fear. Ask yourself, where did this start? What's the underlying emotion that is seen here? And what's the belief around this now? So an example for me, I have found that I freak the fuck out when I'm in the passenger seat of a car. Like 100% of the time I freak out. I actually am a lot better at it now. Matt will tell you that. But I really freaked out. And I just, it was the lack of control. It was, you know, the perception of the car in front of me is getting closer. And I don't know if he's pressing on the brakes, like just freaking out. And especially when it comes to driving in the rain, I I don't like driving in the rain. <laughs> I do not like my vision being taken away from me and I definitely don't like being in the passenger seat while driving in the rain. It literally is one of the only situations that gives me anxiety anymore. That and cryotherapy. So, and cryotherapy gives me anxiety, not because of the cold. I love the cold, but because of that lack of vision, that whiteout sensation. I do not like my vision being taken away from me. So let's stick with the passenger seat. When I really dug into this one, it actually didn't really happen by an intentional digging in, it happened kind of on its own. But I remember Matt and I were driving and I pulled some shit and I freaked out, which is like when I tell, I interrupt him and I tell him to slow the fuck down and I freak out, which is something that my mom always did that my dad hated. So it's interesting that we repeat the patterns that we witness in our parents that we, they don't like of each other. 
which is a whole different topic for a different day. But I remember he did something and obviously nothing happened. And I was just like internally freaking out. Like my heart rate was up. I was just like all clenched. Like my body was constricted. My like breath was really shallow. My throat was shut. I was just freaking out. And then when we drove a little bit further and I calmed back down, I just recognized I was like, honestly, this is probably because when I was in the shotgun seat with my obviously now ex-boyfriend, he swerved into what could have and should have been ongoing traffic on a highway to avoid rear-ending the person in front of us. So in, in if imagine yourself in a passenger seat. He went in the driver's seat. He can likely see that there's no one coming on that ongoing side because it's just a one lane highway. And I can't see that from the passenger seat. So he, in that quick moment, he's not telling me, hey, there's no one in the ongoing traffic. So I'm going to do this. Like, it's just like a instant reaction type of thing to do to avoid rear ending the person in front of you. But in my perspective, I can't see what the fuck is going on. So I think that we are literally swerving into ongoing traffic in which it's a highway. So everyone's going like 60 or above. So we're going to die. Like that is my experience in a passenger seat. So although consciously I know that he probably saw that there was no one coming, so it was okay. And it was okay. Nothing happened. It was a little freaky in the moment of like, holy shit, but it was okay. But unconsciously, my unconscious mind is like, we can't see what the fuck is going on over there. And we're about to enter death. Like that's what's happening right now. And that internalized into an association of the passenger seat means uncontrollable death. (laughs) So now I usually freak out with the passenger seat. I have gotten a lot better of it because I dug into this and I really understand what this created within my mind. But you know, awareness isn't always the trick. Awareness allows you to open the door. Then it comes down to a compassionate and conscious choice to work through it and release that. So with the passenger seat, now I can handle it and I can calm myself down with breath work and just trying to stay super conscious with it. But I also recognize that like that is my unconscious mind trying to keep me super safe. And I respect that and I appreciate it. But it doesn't really help to feel super anxious getting into the passenger seat. But Matt will tell you this too. You know, I drive like a asshole. Like I trust myself when I'm driving. I, I know what to do. I learned how to drive in a freaking war zone in the Northeast. So I can definitely drive down here in Charleston where everything is flat and straight and everyone's driving slow. So like I trust myself driving, but the passenger seat freaks me out. So again, think of a certain situation that you know bothers you and trace it back to that point A, that original point of when did this freak you out? Where did this start? What's the underlying emotion that's seen there? And what's the belief around this now? And how did that association manifest within your mind? And how do you react to it now? So that's tip number two to dig in. The last one that I have is to watch your language. This one is challenging, being alone and doing it on your own. So what I mean by this is literally watching your mouth, watching how you speak about things. So the questions to ask here, what's the subject or of your statements? Is it consistently on you or is it consistently on other people? That can kind of give you an insight onto what you're focusing on. Are you hyper-focusing on yourself or are you hyper-focusing on other people and why is that? And does it change in certain situations or around certain topics? How and when does that change? So to give you an example of this, within yourself, maybe you always say, I don't know, but towards other people, 
you're always right and you're better than them. You know better than them. And they're always wrong and you're self-righteous and you're defensive with them. So here you can see that when the light's on us, we're uncertain and we lack that confidence. We say, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I can't make a decision, right? So this could be easily traced back to childhood and that could come down to a story where like maybe we were told that the truth we were sharing of our emotions, like I'm sad because dad's not home or even like our traumas, like someone touched me weird. And then instead of that being reciprocated by acceptance and listening and understanding, we were told to shut up and that that's not true. And you don't know what you're talking about. And don't say that because I said so. Right. And so that can easily internalize as like, I don't know shit. Like, I don't know anything because I can't trust my sensory input. I can't trust what my mind tells me about this experience, which means I don't know anything, which will translate into I'm super, I don't lack confidence. I can't make a decision. I don't know how to think for myself. I'm constantly second guessing. I need external validation. I don't know my innate inner worth. I don't know my higher self. I, it just trickles into all those like what A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to Q. And especially if it's something around like sexual abuse as a child or even emotional abuse, those are the scarier ones to trace back. So we let ourselves get to point Z before we're like, okay, like, like, fuck, like this shit sucks. So that could easily internalize as that I don't know. But on the other end of that with other people, maybe we compensate with that I don't know by trying to put ourselves above everybody else with our intellect or our judgment as a way to avoid going within and healing the part of us that feels wrong. And you guys, if a part of you feels wrong, that is shame. Shame is I am wrong. Guilt is I have done wrong. And especially if it's tracing back to childhood, especially if it's a big trauma like sexual abuse, that is going to internalize as I am wrong. I shouldn't exist. My existence is incorrect. I shouldn't be here. But again, if we don't ask these questions, we are never going to uncover this because our unconscious mind is that protective parent that is like, Mm, you don't need to deal with that today. Like just focus in on work, do the best that you can, you know, try to eat well, try to work out, try to whatever, but you don't need to do this today. Like this is too big. You don't, you got it today, sis. Like, listen, you don't, you don't got this. So our unconscious mind hides this from us until we ask these questions to dig into it. So the last tip is to watch your language. Watch where your subject is on situations within people, whether that changes, whether it's towards yourself, towards other people, or also recognizing that like sometimes sometimes I notice what clients will kind of start talking. The whole point of it is talking because you let your unconscious mind out while you talk. And they'll start saying something maybe along the, I'm totally making this up like a hypothetical, but maybe they'll say something along the lines of, you know, this week was kind of shitty and it was bad. And I'll be like, okay, why? Or I'll actually just shut the fuck up and not say anything and let them keep going. And there you're getting it started with this was bad. So whatever they're about to say is bad, right? So then they say, you know, I gotten an argument at work with my boss. And then you can say, okay, why is that bad? And obviously an argument with your boss isn't fun, but some other people may be able to see that quote unquote argument with your boss is a productive conversation about my growth at this company. So however you spit out a recent story tells you how you see it. And I know that might be abstract and it's like, well, no shit, but it could give you an insight of how you automatically innately view things that doesn't have to be true. To be honest, you guys, like I am a naturally extremely negative person. I was for 
basically until I was like 23 years old. And I had to train my mind to shift my perception to be not necessarily like happy-go-lucky, super positive, but just not so pessimistic and not framing pessimism as realism. Like that's when you know you're really pessimistic. It's like, I'm just realistic. It's like, no, you don't have to view things that way. So watching your language, watch how you share stories because that's going to give you insight of how you and your unconscious mind automatically views things and just check yourself before you wreck yourself. Is that how you want to see things or do you want to reframe it? Do you want to shift it? Reframing literally just means changing your perception of it. And that is when you want to get into like the woo woo, that is what a miracle is in a course of miracles, a freaking 670 page book that reads like a Bible and it took, takes forever to read it. But a miracle just comes down to shifting your perspective. So just keep that in mind. So again, the tips to dig in, number one, looking into that emotion you've been dealing a lot with lately, tracing it back to its origin, thinking of that certain situation, you know, bothers you or a fear go back to that original situation and watching your language, watching where the subject is of your statements or watching how you share stories. So then lastly, to wrap up this episode, just some tips to heal. It's very likely that you find the origin of this belief system in your childhood, right? And when you think of childhood, we are obviously kids and that is our inner child holding on to that memory. And when you think of children, it's very innocent. It's very playful. It's very creative. It's very intuitive, hopefully. And sometimes it's not right, right? Like sometimes kids are wrong and that's okay. But bring that to mind with that inner child that's holding on to that memory with it and recognize that like this inner child just simply doesn't know any better. So it can help to place your adult self and or ideally your higher self into that story through meditation, visualization, journaling, whatever that may be, and just nurture nurture that little version of you stuck in the memory so that you can help to reframe the story while releasing those emotions productively through breath work or exercise or just simple body movements or grounding techniques or dancing or singing, whatever it needs to be, while releasing those emotions, shifting and reframing the story by placing yourself into the story. So this doesn't mean that you're going to ditch all those fears and emotions like I still freak out in a passenger seat, but it gives you an additional storyline to embrace and invest your energy into so that you can work to shift your beliefs based on the truth that is in your conscious mind that you want to embrace and live out now. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. I know that unconscious beliefs is, it's a big topic and it's poking the bear. So take your time with this, give yourself grace and... That's pretty much all I got for it. If you enjoyed the episode, share it on social media to share the good word. And I did make a new Instagram. It is at Shan.Riley, R-I-L-E-Y with three Ys. So R-I-L-E-Y-Y-Y. <laughs> that was the only thing that was available. And give me a follow over there if you haven't already. You can also leave a Apple review on Apple Podcasts because that helps the show grow on its own. It also makes me really happy. And... That's it. I actually have a podcast plan this month. I usually don't. I usually just let it come to me. But because we are launching Alive and Aligned on December 26th, I have a plan of how to kind of work up towards that. I have a marketing plan. Your girl has a marketing plan and a launch plan, a content plan, all this different shit. So 
stay tuned for the podcast. And my goal is to have them out every Monday. So next week is about how to practice unconditional self-love. After that, how to manage your state. And then after that, a really special episode with some guests. So stay tuned for that. And that's all I got for this week, you guys. I hope you have a great week. Go follow over on the gram. I am doing 25 days of consciousness with some Christmas inspired mindset reels that I'm really excited about. I sat down for like an hour and a half and I batched literally 25 Christmas reels in an hour. (laughs) So pretty proud of myself for that. And I think that they're super creative. I love Christmas music and would love for you to engage with them, see them, experience them, whatever that may be, and just enjoy them. It's a fun way to open the door to all things mindset. My goal here is to never make you feel kind of like droopy and sad, kind of how people associate going to therapy as. I love therapy. I'm all for it. But sometimes when you're getting into therapy, it's like, oh, I have to go to therapy. And it's like this scary, sad thing. I never want you to feel that way. A, about therapy and about anything, but I definitely don't want you to feel that way when it comes to the mindset work that I do within coaching, within courses, within this podcast, within free resources, within Instagram content. I never want you to feel sad and unexcited. I want you to feel like, oh, like this is a new project that I get to do. Like, okay, like let's just do this. And we're just like digging in and it's a fun time. I want you to feel that way. So hopefully that transfers over to you. If it does, let me know. All right, you guys, that's all that I got for this episode. And I will see you guys next Monday on the podcast.